0: There are moments when you just experience something beautiful. Uh, Praise God. To think that we come before a king, an infinite God who was willing to take on flesh, humble himself to be a little baby that had to be held and whose diaper had to be changed and had to be cared for. And he's Prince of Peace, Almighty God, wonderful counselor. This is the one that we come serve. Praise God. I hope your heart is stirred by what you got to experience. Listen, I, I just, I want to make sure you don't miss the whole message of the Christmas story. We, we've been going out of our way to help you recognize what, what God is calling us to do. The, all the songs, oh, come, let us adore him. You, you saw all those children and what they were doing. They were, they were coming to the manger scene. I mean, The whole story of Christmas is a story that beckons us to draw near to Jesus. I want you to think about the three different groups that were in there that intentionally drew near to Jesus. You had those angels, those beautiful angels that came up here on stage. But I want you to think about the quantity of angels that were there. This is where you're going to get your Bible open, and we're going to read in Luke chapter 2, just one verse. You had the one angel that was making the announcement, behold, is born this day in the city of David, a Savior is Christ the Lord. But then out of nowhere, it says in verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God. That word in Greek for multitude is, is the word plethos. It's where the English word plethora comes from. Would you say I have a plethora of angels? <laughs> if, you, if you're 40 something or above, you, pro- you probably know what I'm talking about. Plethora. It means like myriad upon myriad, this, this innumerable quantity of angels. I've got no clue how many were there, but I do know no one could count them. The playthos, this plethora of angels in the heavenly place, which actually got me wondering, like, how in the world did they even know what was going on? How do angels communicate with one another? They've been around forever and ever. They're not eternal, but they were created, but they've been around for a long time. How did they know? And then it struck me, they were in heaven the moment that the Son of God left heaven to go into the womb of a woman they married. And they knew at any moment that God in the flesh would be born, and they didn't want to miss it. And so somehow word got around. It was a text thread. It was a Teams. I don't know how they got it to each other, but all the angels said, I'm not going to miss this party. And they show up in multitudes because they wanted to see the birth of God in flesh with their own eyes. They drew near to Jesus because they knew who he was. And then you had those adorable shepherds who came up here on the stage. And it's just a reminiscence of how the shepherds also went. But I want you to notice how they came. Verse 16 of Luke 2. It says, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. With haste, that, that Greek word is, is spudo, not speedo, spudo. very different word. And it's where you get the word speed from or sprint. So the idea is that these shepherds, once they got the news from this angelic host that he'd been born, they lifted their robe up and they sprinted over to see if it was true. They didn't want anything to get in their way. They wanted to see for themselves the Messiah, the hope of glory. They had to draw near to see him. And then you have sometime later, probably a year or two later, you have the story of the Magi, the wise men. And that's Matthew chapter 2. I want you to consider them. If you look at verses 1 and 2 of Matthew 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. They've come to adore him. Now, what's so intriguing about these wise men, the Magi, is that they weren't even Jews. They were from Persia, likely, or at least from Babylon. Totally different religion, totally different idea, and they want to come see he who was born king of the Jews. Now, I don't know what they expected to find, but I know they were shocked, because they first went to Jerusalem thinking he would be there, because that's where kings would be, but he wasn't. Found out this, this little king was born in Bethlehem, and they go see this This peasant child born to peasant people that nobody even notices. I'm sure they were shocked, but they still wanted to see the baby with their own eyes. They drew near to be there. Now, I love the story of all these different groups that draw near. But actually what strikes me the most about this story isn't who's there. It's who's not there. Think about the people who did not draw near. Not a single rabbi was there. Not a single Pharisee was there. Not a single Sadducee or Zealot or Essene, not a single rank-and-file Israelite showed up for the most important moment in human history. They could have been there to see it, and they were asleep in their beds, oblivious to the hinge point of humanity. And as I thought about that, I just, I began to wonder, if we were there that day, I wonder would 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 we be one of the ones that drew near, or would we be in that group of people, that mass, who missed the most important point of human history? We could have seen it with our own eyes, but we didn't draw near. And if I'm being honest with you, I think a lot of us would be in that category. And here's the reason why I believe it. I think there are many of us who won't even draw near to Jesus in the Christmas celebration that is all about Jesus. We're going to draw near to all kinds of things, and we're going to miss the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus. And I don't want you to miss him. Speaking of gifts, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's actually a gift here on stage it's a little box with a present on it over there. And, and, and this gift, it's been sitting here for the last song, whole message. And uh, it's just kind of been conspicuously off on, inconspicuously off on the side. And you've got no idea what's in it. But I'm just like, I, in, in this idea, I'm wondering, like, what would it look like, you know, to draw near to a gift and to claim it? I was just thinking, like, what kind of boldness would it take for somebody in here, like, to actually get up out of their seat walk down the aisle and walk all the way on stage in the middle of a sermon and like claim the gift for themselves. And I think it would take uh, a a lot of gumption to do that. And I I don't know. I I wonder if anybody would. Uh, Apparently we have somebody who would be willing to do so. Step right up. Let's grab it. Why why don't you grab it? Why don't you come on over here? All right. Hey, tell me your name. Sophia. Sophia. Okay, Sophia, thank you for being bold. All right, now you got to open it. All right, everybody's on pins and needles. Don't be one of those slow openers of guests. Come on now. There you go, rip it. Make a mess. It's, always, it's hard, isn't it, when everyone's watching you right now? Like these people right here and people online are watching you take forever on this. That's, that's terrible. Here, I'll help you. Hold on. That is hard. Okay, now you go ahead and open the box. See what we got here. Yeah, don't drop it. Okay, what, what do we have here? Go ahead and pull it out. Let's see what it is. So can you slide it over the front maybe? Pull that out. What is that? That's an iPad. Hey, guess what? It's yours. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas from Fielder Church. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Yeah, Sophia, thanks for being bold, coming up here. Merry Christmas to you. I know right now what every one of you is thinking. Oh, I should have gotten up and went up there. That iPad could have been yours. But it's not, except for Sophia. It belongs to her. You want to know why it's not yours? Because you didn't get up and draw near to the gift. Because you sat in your seat. Probably because you're going like, I don't know, is Jason being real right now? Is he does weird things? I don't know. Some of you guests going, I don't know, am I allowed as a guest to come up here? And Any one of you could have gotten up on the stage and grabbed that present and claimed it. But you had to draw near. And you didn't. Now, let me tell you why I wanted you to see that. I had no idea if somebody would come up. That's not staged. I, wouldn't, I didn't know. We've been doing this a few times. If any of you would have gotten word from previous services and come just to get it or not, I don't know. But I, I knew that if one person was bold enough, you'd get to see how precious it is to be willing to draw near to something that has value. She didn't know what was in it. I had to tell her. She just had to trust me that it was good. Here's why I say that. There is a gift so much greater than an iPad. That iPad's great. She could drop it on the way out to the car and it could break. I can promise you at some point that technology, you know, how, you know how Mac does it. They just keep refreshing to the point where it gets so slow you can't use it. you got to get a new iPhone, new iPad. It's going to go, the technology is going to be in a decade now useless. It won't last forever. But I want to tell you about a gift that is so much better than an iPad. His name is Jesus. And let me tell you about the gift of Jesus. He offers you life. He offers you peace. He offers you joy that is unending peace that isn't contingent on your circumstances, satisfaction, fulfillment, significance, life and salvation. He says, it's yours. All you got to do is come claim it. Draw near to me and you can have the very thing you most desire. That means he's going to give us everything we want because we don't even know what we need. He'll give us what we absolutely need to thrive. He just says, draw near to me. And the reason I want to point that out right now is I know there are a ton of you who are going to draw near to all the wrong things. It's not that you don't want life and peace and joy and satisfaction and fulfillment. It's that you're going to draw near to the wrong things to find it. And Christmas is one of the most dangerous times because you're going to draw near. I can guarantee you right now every kid is thinking about drawing near to a Christmas tree and just begging and praying that they got what they hoped for. And it's not going to satisfy. Maybe for a little bit. And then it won't be enough. Some of you are going, man, I cannot wait to draw near to that table because I've been smelling that food cooking, and I'm ready to feast. And all you're going to feel is bloated when the meal is over. You should have stopped halfway through, and you didn't because you can't help it. Some of you right now are going, I'm going to draw near to my friends and family. I haven't seen in a while. I'm so excited to get to spend time with them, and it's going to be great. But let me go ahead and tell you, no friend or family can satisfy your deepest needs. And to expect them to do so is to set them up for failure. None of those things can satisfy. But if you waste your time drawing near to those things, you're going to miss the greatest gift. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to practically choose to draw near to Jesus. You're going, what does that look like, Jason? Let me tell you what it looks like. It means that tonight or tomorrow morning that you do something to remind you this celebration is about Jesus. Not the music, not the lights, not the food, not the family, not the presents, but Jesus. Maybe you just open your Bible to Luke 2 And you read the story of Jesus just to remember as a family this is what it's about. Maybe you're by yourself and you choose to do that because you want to put the focus back on Jesus. Maybe what you could do is just write a letter to Jesus telling him what you offer him of yourself and put that under the tree to make sure Jesus gets a present too. Maybe there's something you can do just to remind yourself this is to celebrate his birthday, not to celebrate you, but him. I want to encourage you to find a way. And I really, I want to give you a chance to do that even tonight, to draw near to Jesus. And I want us to let the three groups that we talked about, the angels, the shepherds, and the wise men, inform how we do that. So I want to talk about the angels first. The angels drew near to Jesus because they knew who he was, that Jesus was the son of David, the Messiah, Christ the Lord, Savior of the world. And I know, because I can look around and see familiar faces, there are many of you who know Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. And I want us to celebrate that right now through the taking of the Lord's Supper. So I want to encourage you if, you, if you have a Lord's Supper, I want you to pull that out. Now, this is a sign for believers. If you weren't able to grab one, don't worry about it. If you're watching online you don't have it, don't worry. You can just watch this moment. But this is a reminder that we know who Jesus really is. Now, if you're not familiar with these, on the bottom of the cup is a little piece of bread, so turn it upside down and open up and get that little piece of bread in there. This piece of bread is a symbol. It's a reminder of the body of Jesus Christ. We know who Jesus is, the Lamb of God, who was born to take away the sins of the world by giving up his body. His body was pierced and crushed. And so we're going to pierce it and crush it in our mouth as a reminder of why Jesus came to earth. Let's take this in remembrance of Christ. And then I want you to carefully open the cup. This cup right here is a reminder of the precious blood of the Lamb of God. In the Jewish system, a lamb had to be sacrificed or a goat or a bull, and the blood had to be shed to take away sins, and they were never good enough to heal somebody until the perfect Lamb of God shed his blood, and his blood takes away the sins of the world. We know who Jesus is. Let's take this in remembrance of Christ. Amen. So what we've been doing right now is just drawing near to Jesus remembering like the angels that we know who Jesus is. But there was a second group that drew near, the shepherds. Now let me tell you about the shepherds. They, they didn't know exactly who Jesus was, but they had hope. They heard, I, I hear that he's the Messiah. I believe the angels, and I'm going to rush over. I'm going to sprint over to see it because hope against hope, maybe he's the one who can save us. And I believe there are some of you who are here today, and you need to do that very thing. Maybe you came despairing, overwhelmed by your circumstances, by situations, by your own sin and failure, and you hear me talking about this present of Jesus and hope wells up inside of you. If that's you, I want you to know today you can claim the gift of Jesus Christ before you even leave this building. We have a baptistry with warm water. Two people last night at the end of the service declared their faith in Christ through baptism, and there may be more who need to do so this morning. Listen, if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to do so, but I'll tell you about that at the end of the service. Before we get there, I want to tell you about the third group because they're going to inform what we do now. That was the wise men. Now, remember what I said about the the wise men. They, they They were from Persia. They weren't Jewish people, but they came to see the Jewish Messiah for one reason. They believed that the gift of Jesus wasn't just for the Jews, but the gift of Jesus would be for all people. And they knew what you and I must know. The gift of Jesus is different than any other gift. That there was an iPad up there, and only one person could come claim that. Sophia came, and now it's hers, but no one else gets that gift. And Jesus is categorically different. Here's the most beautiful part about Jesus. The more people that claim the gift of Jesus, the more people have access to that same gift because the gift of Jesus spreads. That's why we're gonna end with candle lighting. I want you to grab your candle. I want you to get ready for this, because you're about to see this symbolized. Every Christmas season, we finish with lighting the candles. And we do it for a very specific reason. So Susan's going to come help me out. You're going to see me claim the gift of Jesus. And the candle represents the light of Jesus Christ. Now, right now, I've claimed the gift of Jesus. I have the light here. But this light isn't just mine. Now, because I have the light of Jesus Christ, this light can begin to spread. And Jalita now can claim the gift because she's come. Lydia can come claim the gift because she's come. And now when they grab the gift that I have, more people have access to this gift. And what's gonna happen, These, these are going these pastors are gonna spread around the room and they're gonna bring the light to you. And when they come up with their light, you're gonna have a chance to get light from them and you're gonna watch the gift spread. And then you're gonna to turn to the person next to you and you're gonna let them light off your candle and they're gonna get the gift from your gift and you're gonna see the gift spread. And as you watch this, I want you to see how a gift can spread when that gift is Jesus.